right. I got it. All right, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Acts 4. Acts 4. Right? Yep, Acts 4. <laughs> We're continuing on in making a difference. And last week we, we talked and looked at uh, Peter and John with how caring uh, makes a difference in just one person or multiple people's lives. And, and we're actually going to continue where we left off last week in that whole uh, spot in that story. Wow. We are. We got slim pickings today. That's all right. I'm glad you're here. Because then it would just be me talking to myself. Amen. So that's better than, better than that. <laughs> so first thing, we're, we're there in Acts 4. Uh, and we talked about Peter uh, and John last week with the lame man. Uh, and we're going to pick up. Amen. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I got too many underlines in that chapter. Usually I underline where we start and then it turns into, okay, I got it right there. Uh, we'll just start in verse uh, 20. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So last week we talked about Peter healing the lame man that was there at the gate of, called Beautiful. Uh, and, and how caring for somebody makes a difference in their life, and especially in that man's life, because he, he was healed. He, he got up, he walked, he was jumping, he was praising God. And then uh, something happened after that. Do we remember what happened right after it? A crowd gathered and Peter did what? He preached. He, he, he took every opportunity to preach. Uh, and and it's, it's funny how uh, right afterwards the temporal leaders weren't really happy about the man being healed in the first place. But worse than that is they were upset about Peter preaching in the name of Jesus, they, and they end up uh, imprisoning him and John, and it's, it's interesting how people are okay with you talking like today. People are fine with you talking about religion, but as soon as you start talking about Jesus, stop, stop, we don't want to hear about that. Same thing here is, is the, the leaders had no problem until Peter started talking about how Jesus was the one that gave the power. Jesus was the one that healed uh, and, and then verse, uh, verse 1, there we go, we'll just start in verse 1, chapter 4. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. So you've got one group of people that are not really excited about what Peter's preaching. And then you have a, the next thing, uh, verse 4, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. It's amazing how you have one group that heard the same exact thing. One group basically said, uh-uh, we're putting you in jail. And another group believed. 5,000 of them. And, and then 
our key thing here, verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, so that the, the high priest and stuff get Paul, or Peter and John and bring them out, uh, out of the prison, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have ye done this? It's power. That, that's what allowed Peter to do what he did. Uh, verse 8, then Peter, and here's the key, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. He, and then he goes on and, and preaches to them, essentially. But the point of today is the Spirit-filled life makes a difference. Especially, well, the only way that a Christian's life can make a difference is if it's filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at three things of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we'll get into this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this morning, for uh, the sunshine and being able to be out here to, in your house, Lord. I do pray that you be with each of the Sunday schools, be with the lessons, and uh, I pray that uh, we be uh, drawn closer to you because of each lesson, that, that we uh, look at each thing that uh, you have in your word for us, Lord, that we uh, change the way that we go about our lives because I, being a Christian without having the Holy Spirit filled in our day-to-day -day life, uh, we're just like everybody else. We might be saved, but we're, we're no use. We have no power. Uh, Lord, I pray that we uh, take this lesson and that we apply it to our lives and that you be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Verse 8. Again, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. There has to be a priority in Christians' lives to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, when you are saved, you are sealed, and you get the Holy Ghost. He indwells you as a Christian, as a believer. That, that's, that's an automatic, instant thing. But just like uh, you can wear a suit, you don't always have to fill it out. Mine are getting a little tight lately. When, when you first get them, you might, not, you might fit into them per, pretty fine and everything, and you're wearing it, but you don't fill it. You, you don't create and, and uh, okay, think about the, um, when a mold, when you're, when, you're making, when you're making bullets or you're molding anything. When you pour something in it, do you want it just to be inside of it? No, you want to fill it. You want it to be totally packed. You want it to be as full into every crevice, every spot that's possible, because that mold will become a better recreation of what you're trying to make that way. Versus if we just pour a little bit into the mold and then let it sit and then we get it out, it doesn't look at all like what we had we were going to make. If you try to mold a hand uh, and, and you've, got, you've got the all the fingers and everything, and you pour a, an ounce of water in there. Did I, did I put water into the mold of the hand? Yes. So it, it has water in it, but it's not filled. And therefore, when I take the mold out after I'm done, it doesn't look like a hand. The same way Christians are. You get the Holy Spirit when you are saved. You, you, you get the Holy Spirit, but there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we have to make a priority of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, uh, in Ephesians 5, uh, we see Paul talking about 
this is about marriage. And the reason why it's so important that he, he, he starts everything out, Ephesians 5.18, and be not drunk with wine where it's in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Before he even starts talking about the marriage, starts talking about the husband and the wife and all their duties and, and how to things to work out, he says, first things first, you need to be filled with the Spirit. And in everything, we need to have a priority for having the Spirit-filled life. It, the first thing is, it's our promise. Jesus, uh, not too far, head over to John, John 16. Jesus promised that he was going to send the Comforter. John 16, verse 7. He explained to his disciples that though he was leaving, that he was going to send the Holy Spirit to teach, comfort, and guide them. Verse 7 of chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I not go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. He goes farther, and after his resurrection... Uh, sorry flip back over to Acts 1. Uh, he, 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 um, after his resurrection, he explains how without the Holy Spirit, these disciples will not be able to fulfill anything. So he says, go to Jerusalem and wait. You would think after the resurrection, everybody was the most on fire. And, and when would you say, go now? You would think right there, Go. After he, he ascends back into heaven, go, 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 go. But Jesus says, no, wait, because you need the power of God on your life. You, you, you can't do it in your own strength. Yeah, you might be able to, you know, pull up by your own bootstraps and keep going and going, but pretty soon you get worn out. Pretty soon you're, you're doing it on your own strength, and that's not going to do it. Uh, Acts 1, verse 4 and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. They couldn't go do it in their own strength, so they had to have the Holy Spirit. They had to be filled. The next thing is, obviously, the, the Holy Spirit's our power. Uh, like I said, it, uh, I've said before, if you have a lamp and you don't have it plugged into the power light or to the power and the outlet, what good is it? Yeah, it's a light bulb and a lamp, but as far as shining a light, there, there's no point to it. It's just the decoration. But once you plug into the power, ah, now the bulb is able to do something. It's useful to us. And so without the Holy Spirit's filling in our life, we don't have that connection. We're not, we're not plugged into the power. Yes, we're, we're a Christian. We're a light bulb. But without being plugged in, we're not showing any light. Without being filled, we have no power. Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Jesus will share and allow His power to be in you. Uh, when we go door knocking, it's great for people to come door knocking and you knock on, you know, you, you get your, 
now we got that little app thing and you say how many people were home and how many doors you hit and all this stuff. It means nothing. A number means nothing if you're not able to t do it in the Spirit. Without God's power, without His help, without His ability with you, going and knocking on doors doesn't accomplish anything. The, the idea is if somebody opens that door and you start talking to them, you don't have the power if you, if you don't have the Spirit with, filled with you. If you're not going in the Spirit, you're, you're just knocking on doors. You're doing the legwork. We don't want to just do the legwork. We don't, we don't go knocking on doors so I can say, I took 2,500 steps yesterday when I was knocking on doors. It's not why I go door knocking. The point of door knocking is to be able to share the gospel. And the only way that I'm able to work and do, uh, f fully share the gospel and it mean more something than just my words is if it's backed behind the power of God. Words mean nothing. You, you, can, you can recite everything you want to say, but without the Spirit's power, that's where the power's at. That's where the words mean something. That's where it pierces the heart. So the power, we, we must have a Holy Spirit's power to enable us to do things that we can't do. Uh, I think the biggest thing, and I, I just recently, Miss Barbara, the, the one thing she prayed for, she asked us to pray for when she went in for her test. She wanted boldness to be able to share the gospel any time that was possible through this time. That can only be done with the Spirit. That's what makes the difference. When you're going through hard times, we don't know why we go through everything we do. God does. So with God's Spirit filling us, we're able to use those times that people that we'd never meet would never have to go to that doctor if I wasn't in this situation. But God put me in this situation so you could see a doctor because he wants you to be that light to be able to give them the gospel. And we have to be filled to be able to see that or we'll, we'll just see it as, man, I can't believe I'm going through this. And you go to your doctor and you go through the motions and then you leave and that's it. And God says, I put you there for a purpose. Yes, it, it's going to be hard going through what you're going to go through. But if you rely on me, I'm going to get you through the problem, but I'm trying to get you to, like I said last week, look up. See the, the, the field that's ready for harvest. When you go to the different places, the, the doctor or the dentist or uh, Nitin was going through all these things with his dentist and everything, God puts us through everything for a reason. It's not so he could get his teeth fixed. Yeah, that's probably a, a byproduct, but the point of it is so we can be somebody that meets somebody we never would have in the first place, to be able to give them the gospel and to be that light for them. And if we're not plugged in, that bulb is just going there and coming back. We have to be filled with the Spirit for His power. So, how do I do it? We know we need to be filled, and we know we need to have a priority of having uh, the Spirit being filled in our, and, and we need the power, but how do we do it? Uh, 
it's really easy to say, uh, Paul says, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, I'm trying to find it. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I thought it would fit in here. Galatians 5.16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Great. How? Walk in the Spirit. Yes, okay, that's what I need to do. How, how do I do it? Well, we got a couple steps that they're not um, magical steps that you do this automatically. You are filled with the Spirit. No, the, these are things that we have to work on, but these are good steps to take into practice to make the Holy Spirit's filling a standard operation for all of us. It, it, it was, we look back at the first early century Christians, and, and being filled with the Spirit was a priority. It was the first, a normal thing. You're there, Acts. Turn, turn back to Acts 4. Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. They were all filled. And what, what produces after they were filled? Boldness to speak the word of God. If you desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, consider these, these steps. The first thing is to be connected to God. Uh, uh, you gotta, I'm not talking about getting saved. Yes, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to be saved. We'll, we'll mark that off. The, there's no way to be able to be filled or even uh, indwelled with the Spirit with, unless you're saved. But the next thing is, is we have to spend time with God in prayer, in reading our Bible. You're there, Acts 4, look at the end of thir verse 13. Acts 4, the end of verse 13. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I, I can't physically be with Jesus like the disciples were. We, we can't, they can't take note of me because I was with Jesus because I just left his house. The only way we do that is through Bible reading, through prayer, through a walk with God. And that's how we, we, we are able to plug into the power source. If we're never talking to God, if we're never in his word, we're never going to have that relationship with God to be able to have his spirit filling us. Uh, if you haven't spent time with him, you can't be filled. John 15, 5, 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. What fruit are we talking about? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's how we get to produce. That's how we are able to do anything. And then he says, for without me, ye can do nothing. Are you, are you setting aside, are you carving out time out of your day to spend time with God? We talked, uh, I don't know when I said it, but we talked about tithing, 10%. Yes, 10% of my wallet goes, well, how about your time? Does God get 10% of your time? 
Because it, does, it doesn't say just 10% of money. God owns it all. I don't think he really has to have your 10% for anything. But your time, time, what you can easily put money into the offering plate and not bat an eye and go off and do whatever you want to do. But what somebody can see and look at your life and be able to say they had been with Jesus is, hey, can you go do such and such? Nope, sorry, we got visitation. Oh, oh, okay. Hey, can, can you go? Nope, sorry, we got Wednesday night church. Or we got this fellowship. Or sorry, that's, I, can't, I can't have a meeting at 5 in the morning because that's my time that I, I have my devotions. Do people see that you have time that are, is cut out just for Christ? So the second thing is confessing. Obviously, if you're filled with sin, you can't be filled with the Spirit at the same time. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Isaiah 59, 2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. We can't be filled with the Spirit if we still have the sin inside. If we still are, are self-willed, if we, we still have our own pride, our stubborn sin that we have inside of us that we won't confess, that's like putting, in that, in that mold, putting a little bit of water into the mold, but that much I'm not going to. I'm not going to give up my sin over here. We're not going to fill that mold like we're supposed to be. You're not going to be filled with the Spirit if you keep having sin in your life. So once you've connected, once you're having your daily time with Christ, once you've confessed and you're clean and you're an empty vessel, and this is something that I never thought of, have you asked? Have you asked God to fill you? We, 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 we uh, easily remember the verses about wisdom. If any man needeth, lacketh wisdom, let him ask. And God will freely give. Luke eleven thirteen says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? It's not talking about salvation because it, it says that your heavenly father, if he's your father, you're saved. You're, you're already a child. But it says, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Have you asked to be filled? Take a moment in the morning, and, and I think the morning's the best time because that's the best time to be able to read your Bible, to get ready for the day. Best time to confess everything because you just woke up, so not a lot less sins before then. And you're empty. First thing in the morning, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Because to be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit, He replaces the flesh desires, that anger that you might have later on. And by all means, does it mean that your entire day is going to be perfect? No, I'm, I asked to be filled. I'm good for the day. No, a lot of people ask for it and, and can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but by noon, they better get back on their knees. 
it's a constant thing that we have to ask for and to be, to be open and to be clean and to be able to be filled. The Bible says that we have to die. Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might not be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We have to be dwelt with the Holy Spirit. Just like a, 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 a flight suit or, or a, a firefighter's equipment and suit doesn't make somebody a firefighter just because it hangs there. They put it on. They, they fill it. The Holy Spirit, just because you're a Christian, doesn't just mean that you're automatically filled. God, you have to ask. You have to be able and be an open vessel to be filled with the Holy Spirit for you to then do your job. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we have to connect with God. We have to have our time with God, or, or you're never going to have the Spirit filling you if you don't even talk to God, if you don't even spend time with him. You have to get that sin out so you can be empty to be filled. And we have to understand that we have to sometimes ask for it. I mean, just, just like you ask for wisdom, for any situation, ask for the Holy Spirit to be filled in your life. And then the hardest part, we've got to continue. Like I said, you, you can ask in the morning. By noon, you could be totally off track. But we have to continue with God, walking through each day, exercising that sincerity and that sensitivity to that Holy Spirit's voice. The Bible talks, says that it's a still, small voice. It's not a yelling. It's not a screaming in your ear. Sometimes I wish it was, because it would be much easier to understand and hear and, and know that was God's voice. But it's not. It's a small, still voice. Because Why? Because he wants those that are listening for him to obey. He doesn't want to make somebody obey, just like getting saved. He, he couldn't make every person get saved, but he doesn't. Because he wants you to willingly put your faith in him. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. He, he doesn't want the Holy Spirit to scream and yell in your, in your, your ear, in yourself, that you always obey. Because that's what a robot does. There's no love in that. He wants you to be like a, like a sheep hearing a shepherd's voice. If they're out doing whatever they want to do, relying upon themselves, that shepherd's voice means nothing. But if they realize that shepherd is the only thing protecting them, is the only thing giving them where to go to eat, and how to survive and go here to be safe, they listen for that voice. And that's how we have to be in our life. And, and I said it before, Galatians 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You got a problem with sin? That's how you take care of it. it, it to, to fight the temptations, to... Satan knows when's the best time to get you, right? When is the, the best time to get you? 
night. Why? Because you're, you've gone through the day. You're tired. Your guard is tired. You're, you're tired of working. You're tired of people. You're, you're just, you're, you're everything about you, your mind, your body, everything is tired. So it's a lot easier to not put up a fight. And that's when we need to make sure that we are filled with the Spirit to know it's not in my own power that I'm able to fight this temptation. It's not in my own power that I'm able to control my tongue. It's by His power and being filled by His Spirit. Proverbs 3, 6, we know, In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. So our last thing. So we, we, we know that it should be a priority in our lives to being filled with the, the Holy Spirit. We have kind of a guideline on what we should do to have the ability to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the last thing is the product of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You're there, Acts 4. Go to verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the, by the name of the holy child this eh, by the name of thy holy child Jesus we have to have a produce just like i said i uh, we read earlier that when they were filled with the whole, they were all filled with the holy spirit they gave god's word with boldness. There's always a, uh, not a cause and react, but there's, a, there's always a product after you are filled with the Holy Spirit. There's always something you're able to do, and it's always dealing with the Word of God and having boldness and having strength. It produces the bold witness. Uh, turn a little further back, Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Go back to uh, the end of 30, verse 31 in Acts 4. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. You can, you, you can get up and talk easily about religion, like we said. People will listen to religion, but once you start talking about Jesus Christ and putting that into your conversation, that's when people start saying, I don't know if I want to get into that. That's why you go to some of these, these churches and they'll, they'll talk about religion, but they don't mention Jesus Christ is all. They, they don't want to step on anybody's toes. They don't want to get into being offensive Word of God is offensive. The gospel is offensive. And to do that, you've got to have boldness to be able to tell people about it. Pastor, when he gets up here and, and he starts preaching on something that, man, that, that makes me mad. I don't want to hear about this. He doesn't want you mad at him. He doesn't do it to, man, I can't wait till Brian hears this one. He's going to be so hot at me, I just can't wait. No, pa pastor's not looking for a reason to make people mad or uncomfortable at him.
But he does it because that's God's word. And he has, he has to have the boldness being filled with the Spirit to be able to give that word of God, not because of what he wants, but because that's what the word of God says. But we have to have boldness. We have to be filled to be able to do that. The next thing it produces is a steady walk. Uh, verse 18 of chapter 4 there in Acts Verse 18, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. There has to be boldness but it also gives you the ability to just continue to walk and talk and do what you're supposed to do. In the face of threatenings, these men said, no, I, I, we have to tell people about this. We have to tell people. I don't care what you do to me, but this is what I'm going to say. I'm not changing what I'm saying because... Somebody's going to threaten my life because somebody's going to hurt me because somebody's going to do something to me. And the only way they're able to do that, you look at the Fox's Book of Martyrs. You talk about these men who were put in prison and said, you need to recant. You've got to stop preaching in the name of Christ. They said, we can't. I can't do that. And they said, fine. We're going to torture and murder your children in front of you. In your own self, you couldn't watch that and do that. How were they able to do that? Because they didn't care about their kids or their wife or their family? No. Because they had a spirit-filled life that they knew this is what's the most important. Giving them the gospel is the most important thing, whether it costs me my life, my kid's life, my wife's life, my family's life. They're saved. They're going to heaven. How about you? And that's what kept them going. That's what made them say, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to see it. But I can't stop telling you about Jesus. Boldness but that steadfast, that, that steady walk, that anchor, the holy, Malachi 6, 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. If the Holy Spirit puts you in a position going through something and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's when you're going to see, I'm here because, not because, yeah, I'm, I'm sick, but because God's given me an opportunity to tell somebody. That's when you're going to start walking the walk. The other thing that the Spirit produces is a divine work. Look at uh, verse 30 there in chapter 4. Acts 4.30. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child. 
these early Christians just had seen 3,000 get saved at Pentecost, just a little couple chapters earlier. Chapter 2. We're in chapter 4. Then you get the man that's healed. And right after that, they get thrown in jail. But at the same time, 5,000 get saved. The, the miracles that God gives uh, through this time of Christians being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, they're going to see things that they never imagined, never dreamed of. And why? It's because they're walking with the filled, being filled with the Spirit. They're doing what Christ wants them to do because they're able to do it. Could, if you think Paul or, or Peter or John or any of these men could have been able to do what we know about them if they weren't filled with the Spirit, we wouldn't know about them. If that was the case, if they weren't filled with the Spirit and trying to do it on their own, or, or they slipped up and they never went, we'd never know. They wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be examples for us. They're here and they were able to do the miracles and they were able to see the walls shake and the chains fall up and all the doors to the jails opened up because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And because... Christ knew they were going to do what he asked them to do. If, if you're, uh, and this is more like for teen-wise, but if you're worried about getting called out to the mission field, don't worry about it. Because if you're not surrendered enough to go, God's not going to call you. Because if you're not willing to do what God wants you to do, God doesn't force you to do it. God's not going to make you to do something. Does he want you? And does, is that his best plan and his best will for you? Yes. And is, are you going to be safest and, and in the best place possible if you are in God's will? Yes. But if you're not willing to be used by God and willing to be set apart to be able to be filled by Christ and by his Holy Spirit, then God's not going to use you. God wouldn't open up the jail cells if he knew Paul and Silas were not going to continue in the faith. I don't believe that a lot of the things, the miracles and things that happened, God did them because he knew the gospel would be furthered, because he knew they, these men were going to do something with it. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' promise to us. and It's our job to make sure we're clean and we're empty enough to be able to be filled with that spirit. So we have that power that we plug into that then we can be a light to those around us. But we got to spend time in his word. We got to make sure we don't have sin in our life. And we got to make sure we just keep walking in the spirit. Let's pray and we'll get into the next session. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much again for your word, for uh, giving us examples, giving us uh, a, a guideline, a guidebook to be able to uh, live this Christian life, like Pastor said before, victoriously. We don't have to live this life in, in, as a defeated Christian. We can do it uh, 
victoriously and, and, and uh, completed. Uh, as Paul says, I've ran, run the race. I finished my course. I pray that the only way that we're able to do that is if we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you give each and every one of us a desire to be that, a desire to want to be filled and to be able to be used by you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with Pastor in this next hour. Uh, I pray that you fill him, that he be able to preach with boldness and that we uh, allow that the Holy Spirit in our own hearts to break up what needs to be broken up. And more importantly, I pray that you be glorified and your name be lifted up today and that you be pleased with what happens in your house here today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.